It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Baseball season, it comes and goes, but Crawford Bach just flows and flows. It's the Bach to drink any time of year. You don't need a reason because it's a dang good beer. You can rock the Bach at a music festival or rodeo, Shakespeare in the Park or Lowrider Car Show. It's the Bach for bonfires and happy hour, South Padre, even your next baby shower. So share a Crawford Bach anytime with your favorite gals and bros. And when baseball season comes back, let's go Strohs! This episode of Astrocast is brought to you by Carbach Brewing. Carbach Brewing. Today, the Houston Astros open up postseason play with game one of the wild card series against the Minnesota Twins at Target Field in Minneapolis, Minnesota. The Astros getting here by finishing second in the American League West, taking on the Twins team. That is American League Central champions as the Astros are making their 14th postseason appearance and their fourth in a row. First time the Astros have ever made the postseason four consecutive years. Let's take a look at today's pitching matchup, and it's presented by Houston Methodist. Houston Methodist is proud to be the official health care provider for the Houston Astros. Houston Methodist leading medicine. Well, the Astros are going to send Zach Greinke to the mound today, and with Verlander going down, he's been the Astros' best starter without a doubt this year, and this is going to be his fifth Game 1 start with his fourth different team, so he's he's been there a few times. Yeah, so he, he'll be used to this kind of pressure to go out there and perform at his best. Uh, right now, I'm not exactly sure what his best is because the last seven or eight starts, uh, he hasn't been what we, we've seen. You know, in the first uh, part of the season this year, he looked great. So uh, we're hoping with the margin for error being a little bit smaller right now that he doesn't make mistakes because Minnesota uh, has, the, has the ability to hit the ball out of the ballpark pretty easily. So uh, you're hoping for the, the Zach Greinke you saw last year, Game 7 of the World Series. Kenta Maeda going for the Minnesota Twins. He's had a fantastic year, and he's a postseason veteran as well. But interestingly enough, you know, this is only his fourth ever postseason start, and the other three came back in his first year in the big leagues in 2016. They were very excited to get Kenta Maeda, and he didn't disappoint. If it wasn't for Shane Bieber, he'd be in the conversation for the Cy Young Award. I mean, he was that good, and he's got the best whip, walks, and hits per innings pitched in the in all of baseball. Uh, and he gets a lot of chases. So the Astros, who are very good at discerning balls from strikes, uh, present a, a pretty good challenge for Maeda because he relies on hitters to expand the strike zone. We'll be back with more of Astro Launch right after this. What's even easier than hitting a home run into the Crawford boxes? Deep to left field, and you can kiss that goodbye into the Landry's Crawford boxes. How about cracking open a delicious Crawford box? Carbox Crawford Bach pairs perfectly with peanuts, stadium dogs, and a good seventh inning stretch. Plus, a portion of the proceeds from each beer goes to the Astros Foundation to support community initiatives. So root, root, root for the Astros with a cold Crawford Bach this season. 
Welcome back. Keys to the Game presented by Honda. Visit your local Greater Houston Honda dealers for great deals on all models. Honda, the official sponsor of the Houston Astros. Well, this Twins offense, you look at the overall numbers and, and kind of in the middle, bottom of the pack of the American League, but one thing they can do is hit home runs, and that's how they've scored 51% of their runs, the highest percentage in the American League. So what does that tell me? Uh, what that tells me is... Don't let people on uh, via the base on balls before somebody takes a deep because you probably will give up a, a home run or two it, during the course of this game. Uh, but that's the key. You know, you got to keep the other guys off base, make them earn their way on. And, and Grinky's one of the best. He's one of the best control pitchers in all of baseball. Coming up next, we'll hear from Astros manager Dusty Baker. And a little later, we'll hear from Corey Provis, longtime radio broadcaster for the Minnesota Twins. But now this from your local station. This episode of AstroCast is brought to you by Carbach Brewing. Well, Dusty, uh, time for the, the postseason now after, I mean, it, I was about to say a long season, but really it wasn't as long or as long as it usually is. Uh, 60 games compared to one. It seemed long, Rob. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to that's what I was going to ask you. Did this 60-game season, because of all the protocols and everything that led up to it, seem as long or, or longer than the, than your average year would? Yeah, I mean, it seemed longer. And, um, you, know, um, you know, not allowed to go out or, or do anything. It, it actually kind of um, made you more tired than, than – than, because you had a lot of time to think and a lot of time to – just go to your room. I mean, you, you know, you find yourself going to bed sometime like 1030 or early, you'd still be up and out and, and then you end up waking back up at like 1030. I mean, uh, 233 o'clock in the morning, you know, thinking. So uh, I'm, I'm just glad we're, we made it uh, to the end to have postseason because when we first started this, it didn't look like we were going to make it Robert to the end. And uh, we are, here in postseason, we still can't let our guards down. The COVID is still out there. Still got to be aware to, to, to meet all the protocols, but it's a pleasure and a joy to, you know, to be in this position. I uh, uh, just thank God that we're in the playoffs and uh, got a chance to win. Looking at your, your postseason roster, the, the biggest surprise is the inclusion of outfielder Chaz McCormick. He was in big league camp in spring training. He was at the alternate site. He's been on the taxi squad. Uh, traveling with the team for, for a good chunk of the year. Um, doesn't have any big league experience. What led to the inclusion of Chaz McCormick? Well, actually, you know, like, uh, you know, not, you know, the need to not have quite as many pitchers as we had, as we had, because, you know, you don't have a five man rotation and you can change this, this, uh, you know, going into the next series. And so therefore, uh, you know, early in this series, uh, you know, Valdez and, and, and Javier, for sure, are, are, are in the bullpen. So, you know, that meant for us to have another body, you know, that we could use, especially on defense, pinch run, pinch hit, possibly, which you don't pinch hit as much in the, in the American League. But, uh, like I said, you know, that way we don't have to uh, burn straw, you know, on, 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 you know, to always run for Maldi if needed or sort of Reddick or somebody. So, you know, that led to it. Uh, I mean, he was speechless last night when we told him, you know, we thought he'd be jumping up and down. That's the kind of kid he is, but young man he is, but he was speechless. I, you know, I thought we'd, we'd lost the, uh, <laughs> lost him on the phone, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad for him and I'm, I'm hoping he does something to come through to help us. 
you're the uh, first manager to lead five different teams to the postseason by getting the Astros there. Uh, is it something you've, you've thought much about or, or reflected on? I, I guess it's got to be hard to do when you're in the heat of the moment. But congratulations. Well, thank you. But, you know, I don't think about it. You know, other people uh, have made me think about it or other people mention it or I get texts and emails and stuff. But, you know, I just think about, you know, what we have to do in the present. And, uh, and I remember talking to said yesterday to somebody, I remember talking to Saad Hado when he had his, <clears throat> um, we trained with him in Vero Beach and uh, with the Tokyo Giants and he had nine MVPs. And I asked him, I said, what, what keeps you motivated? He says, you know, the quest for the 10th one. And, and I said, well, when do you ever think about, you know, what you've accomplished? He said, never. And he says, you have plenty of time to think about what you accomplished when it's all over when you look back. So I've always is adhered to that advice that I got from him, you know, to keep pushing and to keep pushing forward. As a manager in the postseason, do you have to strike the balance of doing a lot of things, keeping things consistent, but also knowing that obviously there's a lot more urgency in these games than there is in the average regular season major league game and, and, and keeping mind of that and, and making decisions based on that as well? Well, for sure. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, there there is more of a state of urgency on things, but you still, you know, you can't uh, be in a, a panic mode situation because your, your team sees that too, you know. And uh, so that's 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 the hard part is when do you go forward and when do you, you know, stand, stand pat because you can't make a move, and, you know, every time something happens or you can't have somebody always loose in the bullpen. You wish you could, but you end up burning them out. So, uh, it's a situation where, uh, you know, the game will dictate it. Uh, you know, the, the uh, players that I have uh, on hand and available, you know, dictate it. Uh, but, I mean, it's a, it's a thing where, you know, you have to, you know, you have to relax as much as anything because you can't be tense out there because that, that translates and transfers to the players. Dusty Baker, thanks for joining us, and uh, good luck today and in this series. All right. Thank you, Robert. All right, we'll be back with more of Astro Launch right after this. AstroCast is poured for you by Carbach Brewing. Get highlights, interviews, the latest news surrounding MLB, and your Astros. Brought to you by Carbach Brewing. Looking up, see you later! Into the Landry's Crawford boxes. Subscribe to AstroCast. Expecting a great season with this Astros team. The official podcast of the Houston Astros. It's going to be a lot of fun the whole way. Corey Provis is my guest. He's the longtime radio voice of the Minnesota Twins baseball. And, of course, the Astros playing the Minnesota Twins, this three-game wild-card series. First of all, thanks for joining me, Corey. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, Sparky. It's uh, great to visit with you on Zoom. I just wish I could see you in person at the ballpark uh, come game one. All right, it's going to be an exciting series. We're looking forward to this. And, of course, Target Field, we're going to miss being there because it's one of our favorite venues. But... I want to get uh, your opinion on the strengths and, and maybe the Achilles heel of the Minnesota Twins and maybe a thumbnail uh, scouting report on the starting pitcher, Kenta Maeda. So uh, I'll leave it to you. Well, I, I think they were a, a popular pick to win the division, uh, even in this compressed 60-game season. My own opinion, I thought they were built more for 162, Steve, than I thought they were built for 60. Uh, I just thought they had the experience that if they had a couple of injuries that come September in a full year, they would get guys back and, and maybe start to put you know the, the teams away, but that wasn't the case. And unlike 2019, when, when the Bomba squad was the story and they hit a major league record 307 home runs, 
the the reason, in my opinion, the Twins won the division, not so much because of offense. It was more because of pitching and defense mm. and kind of flip-flopping what, what led them to the playoffs last year. Look, they're still hitting home runs. They finished with the third most home runs in the, uh, in the American League, but they've relied so heavily on hitting home runs for general run production. More than 50% of their runs are coming via the home run ball. And that's hard to maintain when you're facing elite teams in the playoffs with really good pitching. That's going to be harder to maintain. But this year, the pitching has been pretty, pretty true. Their starting staff, uh, the bullpen, the team ERA has been in the top three, top four, steady in the American League all year. And they've been a much improved, much improved uh, defensive team. And that was not a strength last year. And as for Kenta Maeda, you know, they had to part ways with, with the guy they really liked, the young power bullpen arm in Bruce Dark Gratterall to get him. But what the Twins were looking to add was postseason experience. And that was something they did not have in terms of pitching last year. Well, Kenta Maeda has that. And, yes, he's been more of a bullpen arm for the Dodgers and was that. But when the Twins acquired him, they told him from day one, you're a starter. You're a starter game two, game three of the season, and you're a starter come postseason. And he's pitched like that. He has been by far uh, the best twin starting pitcher all year long, and he earned this chance to go in game one today. And with Maeda starting, what are we going to look for? I mean, uh, is it – is it just a steady strike thrower, execute the game plan type of pitcher? Or is it somebody who can blow away? Like, I think from what I understand, he's really tough against righties. Really tough on righties. He'll throw that slider. He'll throw that split change. His fastball's good. He's always been really good against righties. And that was the role the Dodgers used him in the bullpen to be that right-on-right specialist. Mm. So he's nasty against righties. He's upped his usage to lefties with his slider. That, that has gone up considerably this year, and the numbers are pretty good. I mean, the average is low. The OPS is low. Now, the home runs he's given up have come against lefties and have come off of his slider, so you're going to hang a few. But uh, he's going to not beat you with overpowering velocity. Steve is going to be, you know, 88 to 92. He's going to be around there. But it's a lot of grunting and groaning and max effort but that 92 maybe surprises some hitters because of the off-speed and because of the changeup, because of the slider. Uh, he just He's an experienced guy. He's got poise. And this will be his first postseason start in many, many years. So he's, uh, I'm sure he's pretty amped up for it. On July 1st, uh, Nelson Cruz turned 40 years old. It's hard to imagine that he's as productive as he still is at the age of 40. But he's great. He's still a superstar, isn't he? He's a beast, and he put together a great year. I, I'm not saying he's going to win the MVP. He won't win the MVP, but he's going to get some votes. When it's all said and done, uh, he will be you know, in that group that will get some MVP votes. That's how good uh, he has been for this team, was a leader last year, and, and continues to lead this team on and off the field in 2020. Now, earlier this month, he dealt with a knee injury and a hamstring injury, and his numbers have cooled off for the last – you know, two weeks or so. He's been okay. fighting a little bit of a slump. But, again, the guy is 40. He's still a machine. He's still a weapon. And he's going to be out there today and looking to do some damage. One of the players that's always killed the, the Houston Astros, I'm not sure if you're aware, but Max Kepler has really done a number on the Astros throughout the years, especially at Target Field. What does he bring to the table when you watch him on an everyday basis? You know, he's a guy that, is, that his power numbers are down from last year, but after the Twins beat the Cubs in a recent Sunday night game, Kepler had a big game. He had a three-hit game. Then he had another three-hit game against the Tigers two days later. He really opened up about the mental struggles that he has endured 
uh, this season. And some have pandemic. He said the pandemic, but also he's, he's always envious of his teammates that he sees, you know, Max was born in Berlin and yes, he's been in the States. He went to high school in the States and all that, but he was born in Berlin, but he's always been envious of, of teammates from other countries who can chat with other players from those same countries. It won't always be teammates. It may be a Venezuelan talking to a Venezuelan or from the Dominican to another. He doesn't have that. You know, he doesn't have that, that fellow German that he can always just kind of talk to about what this this season has been. And so I I think it's been hard on him. It's really been a challenge for him mentally uh, to kind of push through. And, but he's picked it up here at the last week, 10 days, two weeks, his bat has come to life because he was in kind of a haze there for a while it was impacting his defense, too, and he's a really good right fielder. Um, it's not a guarantee he'll bat leadoff anymore. There have been times, and Rocco Baldelli has put him down two, even six, or seven. But lately, yeah, since Max's bat has come to life, he's been back in that leadoff spot. Uh, people love him. He's uh, you know homegrown guy. He was part of the same international signing class in 2009 with Jorge Polanco and Miguel Sano. That's so three good. guys that signed as young teenagers from 2009 are all uh, part of this really talented big league offense. That's Corey Provis, voice of the Minnesota Twins. Thanks for catching up, buddy. All right, Sparky, all the best to you, and uh, say hi to that engineer for me, okay? Start tomorrow in game two? No, not yet. It just depends uh, uh, on today. You know, I'm leaning towards uh, certain people, but I'm not at liberty to say right now. Well, we will, you your, have, uh, will you have both Valdez and Arquiti in the bullpen today then? Uh, yes. We got your roster, and I guess the one surprise is that Chaz McCormick was included. I guess what what made you guys want to include him, um, a guy that's never appeared in a big league game? Well, I mean, uh, you got to appear in your first big league game sometime, you know. And, uh, uh, you know, we figured uh, with, uh, you know, Javier, uh, Valdez, and the guys in the bullpen. You know, we had an extra spot for somebody that could run, play some defense, maybe pinch hit. I mean, because, I mean, you would like a, all the time to have, a, like, a designated runner so I wouldn't have to burn straw uh, all the time and keep him around for the outfield. So that's what went into, you know, that decision because we had a spot that, you know, we thought that we needed to fill with some speed. Dusty, were you hoping to to get a look at him in the big leagues at some point this season? Uh, yes, I was. I mean, you know, uh, <clears throat> our, our guys in our organization have had him for a long time. And some of my coaches here had him in the minor leagues. And I, I just had him in spring training. And sometimes you got to go on the word of, of, of other people that have been around. And, and you know, like I would have liked to see him myself. But uh, it wasn't a situation where, where we could call him up and, and actually, you know, getting some time and, and using. And, uh, you know, I mean, this wasn't no, you know, this wasn't a trial camp either. You know what I mean? So, uh, like I said, there wasn't a place for us to use him, uh, you know, during the season. We were looking for one, but there wasn't one. Dusty, what, uh, in, in your studying of him in the last couple of days, what makes Maeda so tough? Uh, you got to be patient. And then he'll lull you to sleep and throw you a fastball. I mean, he throws the least amount of fastballs in baseball. And, but he throws a lot of split fingers, a lot of sliders, a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff. 
And uh, so, and plus, you know, this is the first time, you know, he'd been in this American League at the same time. You know, he came from the National League where they know him a lot better. And so, um, <clears throat> you know, I don't think I don't think we've seen him either. I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a, we have a few guys that have seen him, but you just have to be be patient, but be ready at the same time. Do you, do you plan to DH Brantley the whole series, or is this like the end of the regular season when you're going to alternate Tucker and Brantley? I don't know. It just depends how Brantley's legs feel. And, uh, um, you know, he's not real crazy about DHing, but he's pretty good. He's real good at it. And, uh, you know, this is a pretty massive and big outfield. So, uh, you know, the weather has something to do with it. You know, it's going to be in the mid-50s and high-40s. You know what I mean? So I got to protect Brantley's uh, legs. I mean, they're, he's fine, but this is, this is uh, if you've had anything wrong with your legs, you know, this is, uh, you know, the weather not to really play in all the time. Is uh, Guriel still dealing with his hand issue at all? No, he's doing better. Yeah, he's doing a lot better. I mean, he had lights out of three balls the other day, so he's swinging better. He, he's getting a lot better, so is Correa. Uh, <clears throat> Reddick's better. He swung better. Brent, um, uh, Altuve, uh, Bregman. So, you know, I think we're we're going to arrive right on time. Is McCullers available out of the bullpen today? No. Is, is he an option to start on short rest? Uh, yeah, he's an option, but we'll let you know. Questions from anyone on the call? Okay. Any other questions for Dusty? Anyone on the call? All right. Thank you, Dusty. Right. Okay, man. Later. Um, I mean, I was just in my room. I was watching it for a little bit, um, mainly like the like the very end. But it, it was pretty cool watching him play. Um, on the baseball, uh, how much did last year being on the roster against the being on the roster the few times you were, how much did that playoff experience help, even if the results maybe weren't what you wanted? Um, I mean, it was nice. Um, you know, I got a couple of these, got a little bit of playing time soon. You know, that helped a little bit. But um, I mean, it's a new year. We haven't played these guys yet this year, so it'll be interesting how this, you know, three-game series goes. Have you had a chance to check out the outfield there or anything, um, how it plays or have – any information on that? Yeah, we uh, we had a little practice yesterday, so we took some BP and threw the ball around a little bit. Um, but I mean, it's a it's a pretty cool ballpark. Um, you know, I've been here once before, so I mean, it's a nice ballpark, nice place to play at. So I'm excited. As someone that played with Chaz McCormick in the minor leagues, what can he bring to the roster? And you know, I guess how how happy are you that he made the the playoff roster? Yeah, um, yeah, I'm pretty excited for him. Obviously, he's super excited. Um, but you know, he's a, he's an extra outfielder we got, um, extra base runner. Um, so, you know, he's just you know an extra guy that we can use in certain situations that'll you know possibly help us out. Um, so I, I was really excited for him, and he's a great guy, and he, he's fun to be around. Questions for Kyle Tucker? Anybody on the call? All right. Thank you, Kyle.
Thanks. How this came together, I know Yuli's been adamant he wants to stay in Houston, but this timing is a, is a tad odd. Uh, well, it's a conversation that we've been having for a little while, uh, on and off there. Uh, Yuli has, has, as you said, made it obvious that, that this is a place that he wants to be. He's very comfortable here. We're obviously very comfortable with him. Uh, and then over the last, I guess, week or so, I would say that things picked up and we were able to line up on this. With some of your other free agents, have you started down similar paths with, with them yet? Yeah, I know some of them haven't been quite as uh, open as, as saying they want to come back like Yuli had. Yeah, we're not going to comment on, on potential conversations that are going on with other guys. Right now, the, uh, the conversations about Yuli, we're obviously excited to bring him back and um, get this done before the playoffs and be able to turn our attention fully on defeating the Twins and getting into the bubble. He, he had a, a down season offensively in the 60-game season for him. I mean, I guess this is a question you guys are going to have to reckon with for every player evaluation, but like, how do you weigh what he did this year when you're, when you're determining these, these things? Well, I don't know if you would necessarily say that he had a down year. It's in a 60-game season, you can hit the ball hard and have it line out to a lot of guys, and it may look like on some level that you had a down year when in reality maybe the things that, um, that you can control are, are actually highly positive. So I, I, don't, I don't think that he had a down year uh, necessarily in that way. Our excitement about him is what he can do for us next year and the year after that, and obviously what we see on the field this year goes into that. But beyond that, we know Yuli. We've known him for a long time. We know what a competitor he is. We know what a clutch hitter he is. And we expect all those things to be back with us for 162 games next year. As you constructed your roster for this series, what made Chaz McCormick a guy that, that you wanted to include despite his, his lack of experience at the big league level? Yeah, Chaz is a plus defensive outfielder. We think he gives us a, a quality of bat and it would be nice to see a guy get his big league debut in a series like this, add a little spice to the lineup, add a little spice to the roster. So it's, it's something that I've seen in the past. Um, when I was with the Rays in 2013, we added Kevin Kiermeyer for game 163 in, in Texas, and he got out there in the ninth inning. So, um, you know, hopefully we can get up five, two, uh, again, and, and put Chaz out there for defense in the ninth inning and let it get his feet wet. But, um, Look, he's a quality defender. He gives us a good at-bat. He gives us more options if we want to be aggressive elsewhere in the roster. Did you make a, a corresponding 40-man move for him? Uh, yes. We have designated Joe Biagini for assignment. James, bringing back uh, Yuli Gurria, we talked a lot about his on-the-play I mean, on the field play. But how important was it to bring him back as a, a locker – I mean, a clubhouse presence? It's impossible to quantify. It's impossible to say. Um, but from everything that I've seen with him, the way that he interacts with the players, the way that the players gravitate towards him, you know, he's a, a quiet leader in the clubhouse from what I've seen. But, but his presence and, and his enthusiasm for the game is something that we're really excited to have back with us for the next couple of years. Questions from anyone on the call? James, um, how much did your path cross with Rocco Baldelli when you were in Tampa? And do you have any memories of, of – being with him when you guys were there? Yeah, we don't have enough time on this call for all of my memories of, of Rocco Baldelli. Um, you know, he and I go back uh, to my first season there when he was a player, uh, and then later on when he was a scout. Um, we would be in the draft room uh, for, for hours and, and days on end, uh, and then later in the front office, and then obviously on the field. Uh, you can't say enough good things about Rocco Baldelli. I'm 
looking forward to, to getting a chance to catch up with him and chat with him. But more than that, I'm looking forward to getting a chance to beat him. Yeah, James, I, I wanted to ask you, you talked about um, Yuli and how his numbers were down this year, but maybe that didn't really indicate um, the kind of season he had. Can you say that about about several of your players? Because it seems like, you know, a lot of guys in the Astros this year who were used to seeing, you know, being a lot more productive uh, kind of had down seasons. Was that sort of team-wide bad luck or something that was uh, that surprised you a little bit? Uh, it's, it's kind of everything. Um, you know, some guys, you can say it's bad luck. Some guys it's, we're all still trying to figure out how exactly to play given everything else that's going on in the world. We're all dealing with a lot more stress. I think than we're used to dealing with all of that can affect your play in the field. And it's not lost on any of us that normally we would have another 102 games to go. And uh, if I remember correctly, Yuli's a guy who uh, got off to a little bit of a slow start last year, but then finished very strong. We see that from all sorts of players all the time. Um, two months is not a lot of time in baseball uh, to judge how well a guy is doing and how well he's going to do. And so the shortened season is something that we pay attention to, obviously, but we can't treat it as if it is a representative sample like a normal 162-game season. Thanks. Yep. Anything else for Astro General Manager James Click? James, I know that you allowed Dusty, you know, as, as the manager to, you know, to handle everything as far as players are concerned. But how do you get a chance to interact with some of these younger players who are going into the postseason for the very first time? Well, I guess, first of all, I wouldn't say that it's me allowing Dusty to interact with the players. We each have jobs and his job as manager is much more focused on the major league roster and the decisions that go on there. But this is a total team effort. He relies on his staff. I rely on my staff. We rely on each other. So before we get into the, the specifics of that, I just want to make sure that we're clear on that. With regards to the, the players themselves, I try to make sure that I'm available to them to the extent that they want to talk and interact and some of them do and, and some of them are, are you know much more quiet the young guys it's great to talk to them uh, i got to see Chaz when he walked into the the ballpark today uh tell him a quick congratulations but more than that i told him be ready because these guys are on this roster right now because we think that they can help us win this series all right james thank you thanks guys wanted to return to Houston. Did you think it would happen before the season ended? Yeah, I didn't think that it was going to happen before the end of the season. Um, I wasn't too worried about it, but obviously it was something that was on my mind, and I'm really happy that it happened. What what made you want to return to Houston so badly? Yeah, the team that I dreamed about, honestly. I never I never thought that it would be so much chemistry between the players. Um, on the coaching staff as well, and it's just the perfect situation. Got the, uh, the entire infield now will be coming back next year. Um, do you guys envision this as uh, still a team that can tend years going forward after this? I know some people are thinking that the, the window on this team is closing a little bit, but 
Um, clearly, there's a lot of talent here where, you know, you guys might be able to uh, push forward for a couple more years. Claramente, como mucho talento acá, ¿se te cree que, que pueden luchar para, para esos mismos playoffs seguidos en los años que vienen? Sí, creo que sí. Eso es una de las cosas que, que, que más me agrada, ¿no? Saber que todavía el año que viene hay muchos de los muchachos que, que hemos estado los últimos años aquí y tenemos muchas posibilidades de seguir yendo a los playoffs. Yeah, that's one of the favorite things uh, about the situation for me. One of my favorite things about the situation is that we got a lot of the same guys um, that are going to be here in the next couple of years that have been here for the last couple of years. So we have a lot of chances to still have a lot of success on this team in the next few years. Yuli, was, was today kind of a deadline to get this done um, with the postseason starting? Que si hoy fue como un fecha que tenían que hacer esto antes que se acabara la postemporada o algo? No, no era así, no, pero bueno. Eh, gracias a Dios que, que, que hoy fue que, que se pudo hacer ya oficial y se pudo remodelar. Creo que es bien importante para mí, ya que vamos a enfrentar los playoffs, que es lo más importante para el equipo. Yeah, no, it wasn't like that. Um, that there wasn't a deadline on it for today and all like that, but um, thank God that it was able to happen, and, and now we can focus on the, uh, the most important thing for the team, which is the playoffs. Questions from anyone on the call? Yuli, what do you like best about being on this team, and um, is it important to you to play your entire career here? Houston. Y una de las cosas, pude jugar muchos años en Cuba y nunca tuve la posibilidad de ganar un campeonato. Y aquí viniendo el primer año lo gané, entonces por eso me siento súper bendecido con este equipo. Yeah, uh, I feel super blessed to be a part of this team. Um, one of the things that I never had a chance to do while I was playing in Cuba was win a championship in the first year that I was here, we were able to do that. So I love the city, I love the team, and, and yeah, it's really, it's really big for me to be here. Yuli, how's your hand? ¿Cómo está, Tomás? It's good. You go for the postseason. <laughs> okay. Yuli, ¿qué, ¿qué te dijeron tus compañeros cuando les dijiste que, que tu, extendiste tu contrato? Bueno, prácticamente fue ahora mismo, ¿no? Muchos no, no lo saben todavía, y, pero bueno, creo que, creo que se pondrán contentos, principalmente los jugadores que, que llevamos más años aquí conmigo y, y de verdad que más contento estoy yo ¿no? de nuevamente seguir con ellos y ser parte de este gran equipo. Yeah, not everybody knows. It just, it just happened right now. Um, so not everybody knows about it, but the guys that have heard about it, guys that have been here for a while are super happy for me, but I'm even happier still to be, to be here and to be able to keep playing with them. What's even easier than hitting a home run into the Crawford boxes? Deep to left field and you can kiss that goodbye into the Landry's Crawford boxes. How about cracking open a delicious Crawford box? Carbox Crawford Bach pairs perfectly with peanuts, stadium dogs, and a good seventh inning stretch. Plus, a portion of the proceeds from each beer goes to the Astros Foundation to support community initiatives. So root, root, root for the Astros with a cold Crawford Bach this season.